All right, welcome everyone to another episode. I think this is episode eighteen, 18. of of uh, Parts of Art with Mike and Braden. So, um, oh yeah, Mike and Braden, those guys, those guys. Yeah, uh, we have we have a guest tonight. Uh, his name is Dominic Migliori, and he is uh, an author. He is a screenwriter. He is a filmmaker. He's a photographer. A little bit of everything there, uh, Braden. So uh, yeah, we'll, we're going to talk to him later on, and uh, he'll uh, let us know all the things he's into. For sure. Sounds like an interesting guy, and I uh, can't wait to talk to him. So how you been, Mike? Uh, I've been good, man. It, the weather's warming up, and uh, everything is nice and wonderful. Uh, for sure, for sure. Um, movies coming out um, that time of year. And I actually, I, I kind of want to start there. We're, we're going to kind of leapfrog because uh, usually this would be saved, I guess, for what we've been watching. But we'll kind of touch on this briefly. Okay. Uh, you said you went and seen Pet Cemetery. Saw the Pet Cemetery today. Yep, I sure did. The, that's uh, probably the first big uh, that in Shazam uh, kind of interesting box office battle. So what was your thoughts? Uh, well, I will have to say, it, I don't think it's much going to be much of a battle, uh, especially <laughs> especially if the crowd that I saw it with was Indian Vacation, uh, because it was kind of non-existent. There were, there were a few people there. I just, uh, you know, I saw, when I saw Us, and I saw them both at the same time opening, uh, opening matinee, um, <clears throat> Us was completely packed, and uh, there were just a handful of people there for Pet Cemetery. Uh, what do I think? Thoughts on Pet Cemetery, the new remake? It was okay. <laughs> it was all right. It's serviceable, necessary, mm-hmm. not really. I mean, you know, when you when you had a movie that came out, you know, and uh, kind of did what needed to be done with the story, I, I don't, I don't know how updating it too much is is necessary with films like this one in particular. I mean, they made a few changes and I'm, I'm fine with the changes. They're fine, but they're not really that big of a deal to make it worthy of, of the necessary of a remake. I don't think I will say this, this movie is a really dark film. And when I say dark, I'm not talking about the, the themes I'm talking about. Like it's literally dark. It's hard to look at. Like I, like I'm, I'm, I'm in the theater. I'm like, what's going on? It's just, there's fog everywhere. I can't see anything. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, again, like some of the changes were fine. Um, adding like the kids with the, the masks wasn't really necessary and really went nowhere. But uh, the ending probably is what probably most people are like eh, about because the ending is kind of a, a non-resolute one. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they were fine. I mean, Jason Clark, I don't really particularly think he's a great actor i don't particularly like a lot of things he's in uh i love john lithgow and he was good as judd he was good as judd but then again you know the the first reincarnation of judd was pretty classic honestly so that was kind of hard shoes to fill but uh the kids were the kids were great i will say that the casting like uh jason clark does kind of look like the guy that was in the original can't remember his name and but the 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 little boy playing gage he looks just mm-hmm. like that little boy playing Gage. I mean, he look he's he's younger, and it fits the story fine. But he like I'm looking at him like wow, he looks just like that kid. So that was that was good casting on that. But uh, but all in all, yeah, I just think it was okay. I don't think it was like it wasn't like it what it did 
Now, again, you know how I feel about it. I still love the original it, the TV series, but I can admit that it brought some good things with, with the movie and, uh, and, and made some changes that were great, but I still, I still, of course, do love the um, original. I do, I do still love the original of Pet Cemetery. I think it was done really well. And again, I don't think this was a bad movie. The acting's good, but I don't really think it's going to be much of a battle. I, I would say probably Shazam is going <laughs> to going to beat the crap out of this. One. Uh, well, actually, looking on uh, Box Office Mojo, uh, the estimates from Friday: uh, Shazam opened to twenty and a half million. Pet Cemetery opened to ten million. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Probably, probably right. And I actually forgot all about Dumbo coming oh, yeah. out. Well, Dumbo uh, last week knocked us off the front. Yeah, forgot all about that. And you mentioned Pet Cemetery being dark. Um, speaking of things that are dark and kind of, uh, eh, I don't know. H- have you seen the trailer to the uh, to the Joker? Yeah. The, uh-huh. the- yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I, d- I don't. I, I wasn't excited about it before, mm-hmm. like just hearing about mm-hmm. it. I'm not really excited about it now. Mm-hmm. That's a movie that if I'm flipping through one night and I catch it halfway through and I feel like I'm probably going to, I don't know, I, I probably will know what's going on and just like, all right, cool, I've seen it. I feel it's unnecessary, mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know. I hate to really bash it. It could be good. I, I'm I'm trying because Joaquin Phoenix, um, he, he's a good actor. I'm, I have nothing against him, uh, but I just feel this is unnecessary. I, I, I don't I don't know why we're doing it. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I can agree with it. It's probably unnecessary for sure. I do like Joaquin too, so I I, I can give it. A little bit of leniency because I do like him as an actor, but I mean, you know, we're talking about Ledger's shoes are too hard to fill. Anybody that comes at it, most people are gonna, you know, shoot down. So that's a that's a big uh, role to try to get involved with. And that's what I got from it was okay. At least with um, Jared Leto, I feel Margot Robbie enhanced his role as the Joker. Mm-hmm. I just feel walking Phoenix is cosplaying as Heath Ledger for <laughs> that's kind of the vibes that I get. It's, it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, uh, well, yeah. I mean, and I assume it's not like you probably that Joker stuff is going to be toward like definitely the third act, right? We're not going to get, we're going to get really a big long story about who he is and why he's coming to be, right? Which I don't know. I don't know if it's necessary again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll, We'll see. Uh, so moving on, a lot of not a lot of news over the past uh, couple of weeks, but um, big uh, big day tomorrow, April seventh. Uh, it is my wrestling nerd's Christmas, uh, WrestleMania, right. and without kind of getting into um, actually like breaking down the card, who's gonna? Win, not win. We're we're not going to get into that. Um, I'm 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 a big numbers guy. Uh, I'm big into as I'm sure people who listen. I like statistics. I like breaking things down. And as you well know, Mike, it, it irks me when you know people simply 
dismiss wrestling as fake, this, that, and the other. You know, that's a whole separate thing, but wrestling is Americana. It is pop culture. Uh, I, I also want to touch on the John Oliver bit, too. We'll get to that in a moment. Okay. But first, the sheer numbers of um, WrestleMania. Now, I don't have the most current on this. Forbes releases... Forbes releases a Fab 40, the most valuable brands in business, in sports. Uh, it, it's like five or six different categories. And WrestleMania, not WWE, but WrestleMania as a brand, uh, this is current as a 2016, was number five, outranking the World Series, outranking the college football playoff in value. I mean, this isn't just the fucking national spelling bee. They're outranking the World Series in terms of brand value. <laughs> then the the revenue that they do for cities is, is pretty astonishing. Just last year, uh, I was in New Orleans last year. They generated a hundred a hundred and seventy five million dollars in revenue for the city of New Orleans. They generated for the past. Five, I think dating back to 2012, actually, they've generated over $100 million. In, in 2012, it was 102, 2013, 101, 2014, 140, uh-huh. 140 again, 170. It's just astronomical numbers that they generate for the cities. Um, so it's no wonder that, that cities are bidding on this. So I just kind of laugh, you know. Well, nobody watches that anymore. It's not cool. It's not this. And I'm just like, obviously somebody's watching. There's going to be 80,000 people in MetLife Stadium tomorrow in New York City watching people, quote unquote, fake fight. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty crazy when you break it down like that, that nope, nobody watches it. But I guess they do. Somebody is. <laughs> Well, I guess it's easy for people that aren't involved with it to think nobody's watching it, but, you know, I mean, obviously there's a whole cultural people that are, so, you know, just because you're not involved in that culture, you don't do it yourself, doesn't mean somebody else isn't, you know. I mean, I would feel the same way about sports in general, but, you know, that doesn't mean somebody isn't watching it, right? (laughs) Somebody's there. You know, they're filling seats. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I I liken it to... (sighs) In in my opinion, and I know a lot of people would probably scoff at this, or, or well, actually, it, it's the closest thing, or one of the closest things we have to to theater outside of actual theater. And I hope that makes some sense. I mean, yeah, you still have plays and things like that, but it, it's it's almost. And I'm not trying to like glamorize it by any means, but it, it's it's the closest thing to like a like Coliseum Theater, you know, not where they're fighting fucking lines, but, you know, they had plays and shit like mm-hmm. that uh, back in the Roman days. And it to me, it's like the closest thing to that outside of an actual play because they're doing it in actual fucking stadiums. So now, <clears throat> moving on from how big uh, WrestleMania is and continues to get, uh, have you seen the John Oliver piece that I spoke of a moment Mm-mm. ago? Nope. I meant to send it to you, and uh, I got busy. Basically, and it's still well worth a watch. He talks about how wrestlers don't have health insurance, even though they are under WWE contract. 
perform for any other companies. They are still listed as independent contractors, which seems just illegal <laughs> as, as anything. Um, it, it's a really interesting piece, and he encouraged people to to actually chant, uh, you know, maybe health insurance, <laughs> you know, something like that at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. And I don't know how familiar you are with John Oliver, but he, he'll he'll kind of put people on blast for a 20-minute segment and has a lot of facts, has his bases covered, and it's highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. I, I like John Oliver. Yeah. Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I will send it to you. I recommend you or anybody else who's kind of somewhat uneducated, what are you trying to say, man? I'm all educated. <laughs> uneducated about the world of wrestling. Because he, he comes off as a fan of wrestling. Mm. It's really, really well done. And, and honestly, something that probably needs to happen. They probably do need to have health insurance. They probably do need to have retirement plans in place. I mean, to be on the road 300 days a year without health insurance and... Granted, they're making hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars a year, so I'm sure they can afford it. But anyways, enough uh, enough about me blabbering on and nerding out. Um, let's uh, let's get into what we've been watching over the past couple of weeks. Uh, ma'am, what do you what have you been checking out? Uh, checked out the first episode, not the second, uh, but the first episode of what we do in the shadows. Okay, um, how was it? Pretty good, uh, pretty good. It's it's got some funny parts. It's it's got that um, office modern family vibe where it's like a mockumentary almost, where they're interviewing and in, in little cutaway scenes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't even aware there was a movie um, before you mentioned it on the last pod. So I don't know close it is to the movie or anything like that right i know it's a different cast right pretty sure yeah, yeah. so but um but it's it's certainly a show that uh I, i've set it up to record i'm gonna check out episode two it's it's pretty funny it's not the funniest thing i've ever seen but uh pretty funny um been watching uh catching up on brock meyer Certain the first two seasons are on Hulu. If you ever get a chance to check that out, that's an absolutely don't watch it with the kids around. It's absolutely filthy, mm-hmm. but good. It's uh, Hank Azaria and something that I'm sure we'll talk about. I don't know if you want to talk about it now or after you go through what you've been watching. Talk, talk uh, okay. Um, so yeah, checked out the. The Highwaymen, uh, since we'll go ahead and jump into this, um, on Netflix, Kevin Costner, Woody Harrelson, uh, one of their bigger movies, I guess you would say, they've came out with. Uh, I really enjoyed it. it. It's nothing that absolutely blew me away, but it, it held my interest about the two Texas Rangers who hunted down and, spoiler alert, killed Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um Lacey actually watched it with me, and we we really don't watch a lot of stuff together, and uh, she seemed to like it. Um, nothing that I'm going to go out of my way to watch again, but if if it's on, hey, cool, I'll watch it. Um, so what say you? Yeah, I, I liked it also. I thought it was pretty good. It, was, it wasn't bad. I, I like both of those actors, obviously, Costner and especially 
Woody Harrelson. Um, so it was good to see them playing these old codgers, <clears throat> trying to go after these <laughs> young criminals. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It did, like you said, it, it held my interest. Um, I had enough plot points that kept me wanting to watch it till the end. So yeah, I'd say not bad at all. I I did see one review, and I've gotten to where I don't really I don't know. I, I'll read reviews, but I, I try to stay away from them. Until after the fact, I guess, maybe. But i seen one where it kind of, um, I don't remember the exact wording, but it compared it to a uh, made-for-TV movie from like the 90s or 80s or 90s. And, and it was really kind of paint-by-numbers to a degree. And I could see that. Yeah, maybe a little. A little. But I, I thought... I, I thought it was uh, better than just that simplistic. You know, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a, a cinema quality film, like, like a, a theater quality film. I, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so aside from that, uh, that's all I've been watching. So what else, what, uh, what have you been checking out? Uh, I've been checking out quite a few things. Um, I think I told you this DC Universe, you know, they've had this special uh, celebrating the 80th anniversary of Batman. So you get you get one full month of the DC Universe for 80 cents. And uh, I decided, uh, you know, to try it out, give it a try, you know, because um, there was a couple shows on there I wanted to check out. And I wasn't going to pay the amount for it, uh, the uh, normal amount, but I thought 80 cents. Hey, why not? Yeah. So I so I did that and I've been checking out some shows and everything that's on there. And I'll have to say that um they do have a couple of pretty cool shows but all in all i would say is this streaming service worth eight bucks a month no not really (laughs) now if now if you're a comic book lover they actually have a lot of comics on there that you can read interesting which yeah which is pretty cool that's a it's a pretty cool thing they got a lot of this the older stuff like the crisis on infinite earths and legend and, and all these uh big big events through the DC universe uh, on there and, and quite a few others as well. A lot of Batman and stuff, you know, uh, there are a bunch of shows as far as like animated Batman and Superman and stuff like that. There are a lot of the animated movies, you know, from Batman and Superman and stuff like that. There, there's a little section that are little shorts that are kind of cute. Uh, but as far as movies go pretty null and void, uh, they do have the old Batman that, the Tim Burton Batman and that that series <laughs> that's about it they don't have many they don't have many movies none of the newer stuff is on there you know so I, I don't think it would really be worth it as a whole you know to continue it you know as a service but I will have to say their original program is pretty cool Doom Patrol which is the one I've been wanting to check out I really really like that it's a really cool TV show and, and I, I like those characters they're, they're these characters that you don't um, probably hear too much about but uh i did have some comics of them back in the day a few so i was familiar with them and everything and uh and i will say have to say and give them credit you know there are tv shows on here that are strictly for the service they are not kid friendly they're very adult (laughs) (laughs) they're very adult orientated which uh, i'm I'm digging uh even the even the titans is uh not for kids Hmm. and it's okay too it's not bad it's actually pretty decent of the two i like doom patrol better but but yeah, they're actually they're they're not bad at all. I really do like them. Uh, but I'll I'll uh, finish out as much as I can of the first season 
with Doom Patrol. But yeah, it's not enough to make me want to be like, yeah, here's my eight bucks a month. But uh, for sure, pretty pretty decent. So there was that, and there, like I said, there was a bunch of um, animated stuff on there. I, I watched this one. It was like Batman uh, Gotham by Gaslight, which is like a steampunk version of Batman, <laughs> where he's trying to track down Jack the Ripper. Uh, That's kind of sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, what the hell is this? Uh, and there was a few documentaries on there that, that were that were pretty interesting, interesting too. Like one of them was like the the psychology of Batman and stuff. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean. Again, like I don't know if it's still going on, but right now it's kind of worth it for eighty cents. But um, so, so do you pay the eighty cents, and then after that it goes up to eight bucks, or is it like eighty cents for one month? Uh, it now again, it, this was like a special that they were doing celebrating the eightieth anniversary of Batman. Mm-hmm. So it was like, and you get your first seven days free, I think, anyway, because they just charged me the eighty cents. So it's like basically once you start, you know, yeah, you the first month is eighty is eighty cents, yeah, and then yes, after that the next month is eight bucks or seven. You just gotta be sure. You just gotta be sure to cancel. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, you gotta cancel after that, which I would definitely do. Um, other than that, I watched um, on Shutter. Uh, they brought back the the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. Hmm. Are you familiar with this guy at all? The name rings a bell. It, it does. I wasn't overall familiar with him until last year uh, when the Shutter brought him back. He's a he's a horror host from uh, from way back in the day, and I used to love horror hosts like Elvira. And uh, so he was one that uh, was was pretty popular. And I guess they they brought him on Shutter. They were trying to do like a streaming special, but like I guess they broke Shutter because so many people trying to watch it. Hmm. So now now they brought him back on his kind of uh he's got his tv series that every week now did you ever watch elvira do you kind of know what her setup is where she watches movies but like she kind of in the middle of them kind of makes fun of them and she'll do little skits and stuff yeah yeah well he does kind of the same thing and he's pretty informative too though uh interesting side note he's got a his sidekick uh her name is uh darcy the male girl played by uh diana prince and uh, she actually uh did a voice on one of my films candy's harem but um (laughs) But yeah, but he's really cool. I really like what he's doing. He's doing, just bringing back a bunch of the old horror movies and kind of just go, going through them and just you know making it making it old school. Checked on a horror film on Netflix called Seven in Heaven. Uh, it was okay. Nothing really to write home about. It's a PG thirteen horror film about these guy and a girl that you know that game where you go in a closet and you wait seven minutes and either kiss or make out or whatever. <laughs> do what you do. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of what it's about. But they go in the closet and then when they come back out, it's they're in a totally different. Uh, alternate universe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and then they got they got to try to get home. Also on Netflix, uh, Santa Carlita Diet has a new uh, season out, season three. I've gotten about halfway through that right now. It's pretty decent. I, I like that show. I watched Bumblebutt, or I'm sorry, Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like those kind of movies, the, the Transformers show? I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned this, but I stopped watching Transformers after Transformers 2. Uh-huh. Yeah. Reason yeah. being, reason being, and I, I won't go on a big rant, but I, I'll keep this short and sweet. Uh, in Transformers 2, they had a big fucking laser gun. John Turturro knew about this laser gun that could just annihilate Transformers. They're all against Transformers and you have a big fucking laser gun that's out in the middle of the ocean, and you wait until like three quarters of the way through the movie, and then you have to make a call 
before you can just use this laser gun <laughs> to annihilate one of the transformers that's climbing on the one of the pyramids. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, why the fuck didn't you use this at any other point during the movie? So <laughs> af- after that, and, and that's probably petty of me, but after that, I was just like, nope, I'm done. Fuck you, Michael Bay. But now, uh, our old buddy Tuck said that Bumblebee was actually pretty decent. Well, yeah, yeah, I was talking to Tuck about it, but I was like, well, Tuck, there's, there's no Megan Fox. There's no Michael Bay explosions. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, what, what am I supposed to get out of this movie? Uh, yeah, well, if you don't really get into them, I, I definitely couldn't recommend it to you. Um, I don't think it's that big of a expansion from the other ones. I mean, yeah, it is a little bit less action, so more focused on the story, I guess. What a concept. The story... <laughs> the story is Bumblebee comes to Earth. I don't know. I mean, it, it was it's it's a fine movie. It's okay. I don't what know. about uh, kind of looping back in the wrestling theme? How how's our buddy John Cena in it? I say he probably needs to stick to comedy. <laughs> stick to comedy. His yeah. his uh, big bad boy persona was not important or really didn't make much into the movie at all. <laughs> to be honest, not really. The Haley girl did good, but uh, nah, I couldn't really. I mean, he, he and well, Cena was also kind of in and out of it. Like he really wasn't in it that much. Like he would come in every now and then, be like, "I'm gonna kill these Transformers," then he would leave and then come back out. You know, yeah, Still I'm gonna kill them. <laughs> Transformers bad, John Cena good. <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, yeah. Um, so then I watched the Mule. This was another one. Uh, me and Tuck were talking about uh, the Mule. This one with Clint Eastwood. Yeah, he, uh, smuggling drugs, 80 years smuggled. old, driving around. Right. You know, it's really hard to watch because he is so fragile. <laughs> he's, he is getting up there, man. Hmm. I mean, he's still, he's still a great actor, really. I mean, I mean, he's playing this guy who's kind of smart but senile, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know if he's acting at this point. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, the, the story is pretty decent. I mean, it's, it's not bad. It's not a bad movie at all. Uh, it's got Bradley Cooper yeah. in it and, and a few other uh, ones you would know for sure. But, yeah, it actually was pretty enjoyable, honestly. Yeah. Another thing I watched was Piranha 2, The Spawning. You ever saw this movie? I haven't. I've not even seen uh, Piranha 1. You haven't seen any of the Piranhas? So. Well, compre- well okay. <laughs> now, Piranha 1 was back in the old day, Roger Corman. He- but now they did a re- the, the, the remake version was like, I think it was Gallagher or somebody. They did, uh, they did Piranha and Piranha Double D or 3D or 3 Double Ds. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, those, and those are, those are I, I consider them fun movies, those, those last two. Hmm. They're, they're fun to watch. Anyway, this was Piranha 2. Came out in 1981, uh, a direct sequel to Roger Corman's Piranha, directed by James Cameron. Well, yes, hmm. this movie is fucking terrible. This <laughs> 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 is awful. It's bad. It's really bad. And it's so funny too because it's like this one came out in 81, and I think was it 82 and Terminator Terminator One came out. Something. Yeah, like it was that. just like. Maybe eighty four. Maybe eighty four. Eighty four. So but this was this was the movie he did right before Terminator. Um, he grew. He grew a lot. Like I don't know. It was maybe somebody pulled him off to the side and was like Jimmy, Jimmy, <laughs> don't fucking do that again. Don't do that. Uh, um. Yeah. It's it's pretty rough. I mean, it's fun. I mean, 
and maybe I'm judging it too harshly because it is James Cameron. You think, wow, this is going to be pretty decent. Uh, yeah, it, flying piranhas on land. So there's that. <laughs> last thing, <laughs> last thing I checked out was, uh, of course, the Twilight Zone is now. It came out and uh, CBS All Access. Uh, of course, I don't have that streaming service either. But they did give away the first episode of The Twilight Zone for free. I think it was on YouTube, and it was also on IMDb. Uh, so I checked out the first episode that came out, and uh, I'd say I mean it wasn't it wasn't great. It was it was all right. But judging from what I've seen with the teasers and stuff for the rest of the series, I think it is going to be pretty good overall. But it was uh, it was just about a guy who was a comedian, and I've noticed that too. Like. Uh, Looking at all these people that are involved in this, there are a lot of comedians. So, Peel really got a lot of his buddies to to jump in on this. Uh, but this is about a comedian who is telling jokes. Nobody likes his jokes, so he starts ripping on people. And when he starts ripping on people, people love it. But then when he when he does that, they disappear. <laughs> so hmm. that's and that's kind of it. I mean, there's, there's really there's not much of a twist uh, after that. That's kind of it. But so it was okay, but it wasn't great. But I will have to say, Jordan Peel is looking. Yeah, he's looking very comfortable in that Rod Sterling role of the narrator. Speaking of Peel, I don't know if you heard about this or not, but I want to kind of get your opinion on it. Uh, so he was doing press for us and everything, and us has kind of blew up, got really big, a lot of made a lot of money, and uh, I guess he was at something, and some reporter or some jackass asked him a question, and the question was, "Hey man, are you going to put? Are you going to ever cast like you know white guys in your movie, like as a lead?" And uh, his response was, uh, no, I'm not going to. Uh, I've already seen that movie. Uh, and, of course, this kind of blew up on the Internet as uh, this and that. So what, what, what's your thoughts on that? I've actually not seen this or heard about this. I think uh, I agree with uh, Mr. Peel. I, I think what he's doing with uh, Get Out and Us are, uh, you know, you and I have talked about it. I think we've talked about it on here. We've talked about it just you know, in regular conversations where we we clamor for new and original. And God bless him, Jordan Peele, for the most part, has given us some new and original big-time films in, in a day and age where we're not getting that. And at the end of the day, I don't think it matters if they're white, they're African-American, they're Asian, they're, they're whatever. I don't care. If it's a new and original concept in a... In a good film then that's that's all that matters so yeah i that guy's a jackass the the guy who asked the question <laughs> yeah so. yeah well, I, and i i kind of agree too I, I agree with the with the fact that you know jordan pill should be able to cast whoever he wants and it shouldn't yeah. now i think the the question should have never been asked first of all like that mm. why is that even asked i do kind of wish pill would have handled it a little differently because the way he said it just sets him up to be a scapegoat for the alt-right white, really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to be honest, I mean, it just sets it up. But Because, look, I mean, he's right, you know. I mean, there are a lot of white uh, directors who only cast white male leads and stuff like that. And, you know, and uh, and, and some of them don't, you know. Not like, it's not like all of them do or anything like that. But it doesn't matter. But, I, I, I mean, like, again, I don't even know why that was even brought up. And uh, and somebody else said it best. Like, there is enough representation out there, you know. There, there's a lot of movies out there that you can watch that have white leads, horror movies, you know. And you're right about the originality. I mean, like, 
but honestly, I mean, I do like us better than the Pet Cemetery remake. I mean, it definitely was more original and, uh, you know, it had a lot more things to say. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, that, uh, like I said, that's the first time I've, I've heard about that. And yeah, that guy who asked that is a jackass and, and yeah, people probably could have handled it a little differently, but you know what? Screw it. It, the question shouldn't have been asked. I mean, right. I, I think, I think Peel probably just answered in the heat of the moment. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> really? So it's uh pretty interesting. Like I said, first we've heard about it. So what else? Ah, <clears throat> uh, that's, that's all I've got. Uh, uh, so do you want to bring on our guest? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's bring on our guest and, uh, See what he's all about. All right, cool. All right. We're talking with uh, Dominic uh, Migliori here, and uh, he's a writer and a filmmaker and uh, an author now. Just kind of does a little bit of a photographer, does a little bit of everything. So let's, uh, let's get talking with him and, and see what's on his mind. Hey, hey, Dominic. Hi. Uh, just kind of going over, obviously, your, your IMDb. It looks like you're kind of getting into art at an early age, uh, making home movies uh, at like 12, um, writing short screenplays and, and things of that nature. Um, most of the time, if I don't know the guest real well, I'll kind of start out generic. So as, as, a, as a you know kid, uh, it says you were in, in Illinois, Chicago, Illinois. So what kind of you know, at, the, at that age, a lot of times kids are outside playing that type of thing. Uh, what what kind of made you gravitate towards the arts, uh, making movies, writing screenplays and things of that nature? Well, well, mainly I'm I have autism. I'm autistic and it just it's hard for me to go places and go. So I always liked watching movies and uh, and my a lot of my friends did, too. We always like going to movies and it was hard for me to stay in school and so i was good at school but i always it was school was was hard for me to um to focus and and stuff so and just yet again kind of kind of reading over um it says uh you've directed seven short films and five music videos um and received a new emerging filmmaker award for uh yeah for the Terror Film Festival in Philadelphia, uh, how did that feel receiving that award? Uh, that was good. Yeah, I, I did several. Uh, they were like drama films, and that one was a horror film. I I won the award for. Is that primarily kind of your wheelhouse? Is that kind of what you gravitate to? I like I like uh, drama. Um, well, like dark drama films about people and horror. Yeah. I was gonna say. Uh, cool. I was going to say, Dominic, uh, you know, that one film that you, you was a screenwriter of a film called Ashley. Now, this, this one kind of kind of became a big deal, didn't it? Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, that's a film I wrote um, about based on my friends about uh, it's about my friends who were um, cut, a, you know, uh, and that one got made uh, in Los Angeles and distributed. And it was pretty Madsen was in it and yeah. uh, Nicole Fox, the star of. America's Next Top Model got pretty wide distribution and it was in some theaters and that was probably the biggest thing I did. Yeah, and I, was, I, was, I was noticing because you can get it right now on uh, Amazon. Yeah, it's available on Amazon. Yeah, it got, you can watch it now on Amazon. Well, cool. Have you, have you thought about doing more of that stuff uh, with the, just the screenwriting stuff or are you, are you, you want to be more focused on uh, you, you behind the camera? Which um, I'm, I wrote, I'm trying to direct, 
direct. I'm putting it together now, which I wrote at the same time I wrote Ashley, which is about 10 years ago now. And I've been, I'm putting it together to direct it. Uh, but, but yes, I like to focus on directing it because if I, if I direct it, I have more control over it. And that's what I'm trying to do. But I've written a few other screenplays, but yeah, I want to focus on directing them. Okay. So I'm looking over, kind of shifting gears away from uh, the uh, the film aspect. Uh, you're actually probably one of the first people we've had on here that's really into art from the aspect of uh, photography and, and things like that. Like, it looks like you're heavy into photography. I'm looking over some of your stuff here that's online and... Um, some really, really avant-garde but cool stuff. Um, what are some of your inspirations to some of these pictures and uh, and photos? Like I, I see an alarm clock with a pistol on it. Uh, yeah. So some really tastefully done nude photography, th- things like that. Some really cool stuff. What's some of your inspirations behind well, that? Well, I really I like surrealism. I like. Well, I started off like liking surrealist filmmaking like um louis bonnell and stuff like that and then i started um getting into photography and i um uh, man ray because i found out that man ray was also a filmmaker and photographer and he worked with the surrealists like louis bonnell and those guys and salvador dali and then i discovered other photographers and um I really, it started off with, you know, me liking filmmaking. And then I liked uh, Larry Clark, who directed Kids. I found out yeah. he started out as a photographer. He was a photographer for years before so did, he was. So did Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick was too, yeah. But yeah, I looked at I looked at all that, like the early photos. And they were photographers for like 20, 30 years before they ever directed a movie. And, and then street, I got into, like, I liked looking at street photography and street and shooting pictures. So I just started going around and... Like I had a film like my um I forget where I think it was my dad's old like in school because uh they had uh photography class and he had still more from photography class so I I took it and I just started taking pictures around and when I first it was like ten years ago I when I first started so they still had you could get it developed at uh still get it developed at Walgreens but oh, yeah. it's not really shitty so. And so I, 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 uh, so, so then I found some place you could send it and I still don't know how, know how to develop it myself. Cause I never found a dark room cause it was really expensive. So I, I switched over to di- just doing it digitally, but learning on film was really, uh, is really good. Sure. But yeah. So my inspiration for photography, I like Robert Maplethorpe and, um, like I said, Man Ray, Larry Clark, like those guys. Okay. Okay. So you, you know, you've, done the film stuff you've written screenplays and you've done photography and all that and now you're into writing books now is that right yeah well i short i was i wanted to write some short stories because i've always well i've always written um stuff i've always like little short things and so then finally i started writing just writing short stories and i put together a, a collect this book is a collection of short stories i wrote like okay, horror so this stories book, this book is called spectrums short fictions Yes, yeah, spectrums. Okay, so so tell us about this. What what kind of made you to go uh, with these short story uh, narrative? Uh, well, I wanted to just to. I had all these ideas of stories to tell, and I figured because I uh, some of them I was like, would these work as films? And like, no, some of them wouldn't wouldn't make full length films. And like, I didn't want to make like fifty short films of them. And so I said, like, I'll just write short stories. So that's okay. what. I did just like a collection of short stories. One of them, though, I'm I'm writing as a screenplay now, though, because I think it could be a full screenplay. But most of them, 
I'm just keeping it short stories because they're not they're not like full uh they're, they're just they're just short stories. But okay. but I like like collections of short sto- stories like um like Stephen King's collection of short stories or like I like like reading short horror story collections mm-hmm. and they need to be longer than that. Right. Okay. So uh, is this where you're going now? Like you're working on getting this one out. You've already got this one out now. You're you're working on promoting this book and you're working on developing uh, one of the stories into a screenplay. Is that yeah. is that your new projects now? Yeah. Well, yeah, I self-published this and uh, I submitted it to some places, but most like people, they don't really accept like short story collections. So it was really hard to find a published short story collection. So I had to just like publish it myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's places like short story contests, you could submit two individual stories. Right. So I just had, so I just had to publish the, the thing myself, the collection myself. So you had to format it and, and, and upload it and do all the stuff yourself? Yeah, I had to do all that myself and like make the cover and everything. Well, cool. All right, man. So um, anything else you got? Anything else go, going on? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on um, a film, uh, that film uh, Routines about a stand-up comedian, the one that uh, Jenny D'Amico, Lillian Lamore. Uh-huh, yeah. She's still involved? Yeah, she's still involved. I'm working on that film. Okay, and so that, this is a movie you've been, you've been trying to get, you've been kind of pushing for a little while. So where, where are you at now with that? Uh, we'll, we'll be shooting uh, soon by the end of the summer, hopefully. I have it cool. uh, fully cast, and so hopefully we're going to be shooting soon. Very cool. All right, man. So well, let's tell everybody where they can find you. Where can they get this book, first of all? On, Am- on Amazon. If you just search uh, my name, Dominic Migliori, like my, it comes up under my name. Okay. And it's called Spectrums? Short, Spectrum. short, short Fictions, right? Yeah, Spectrum Short Fictions. Okay. And uh, what about the rest of your stuff? Where can you search under my name on on Amazon that will come up. I also have a photography book that will come up mm-hmm. of my photography okay. website, migliorifoto.com, where it uh-huh. also has links to my stuff under there. Okay. And there's my, I have an Instagram page with some of my photos. My photos are also on my website. Okay. Is your Instagram just your name? Yeah. Okay. Great. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we wish you the best of luck with this book and all your artistic endeavors. I mean, you're, you're doing a lot of uh, amazing stuff and you're, you're very, very uh, prolific out there. So good luck with every bit of it. Uh, thank you. And uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully it all works out. Let me know when your next project is and come on uh, back and uh, we'll, uh, we'll try to get some people to check it out. Okay, cool. All right, man. Thanks a lot. All right. All right. Bye. Interesting guy. Uh, Absolutely. Interesting guy with some some really unique artwork. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, really cool. So all that being said, uh, what have you got for us this week on Mike's Bites? Uh, I've got a few for you. If you want to listen. Let's, let's have a listen. All right, man. Here we go. Number one. Sailing out to sea, my brand new wife, my lover, blowing kisses out to me. I couldn't make no living on the mainland, laying tile, so I thought I'd try my hand. 
invitation for anyone. While we were pulling phone nets, the yielded show was high. Those silver skins were shining, made everybody smile. My heart was going heavy, first time out to sea. She didn't move like the mainland and brought me to my knees. To my knees. Now I'm out here in the weather and the water. Calling mercy to the sea. I'd rather be a poor boy with a beautiful wife than out here in the weather and the water tonight. I'll surely die tonight. You heard that one? I have not. Uh, really, really pretty. Kind of a country Celtic uh, feel yeah, to it. Yeah, a little bit of a country bluegrass pop band, really. I guess I could say. <laughs> anyway, that was uh, The Green Cards is the name. And the song is called Weather and Water. Hmm. And I have to say, uh, I've got this album, Weather and Water, and uh, there's a lot of good tracks on here. The, the, her, she's the lead vocalist, really, but the, the guys also sing some of the songs as well. Mm-hmm. They, they do... They do a few instrumental tracks as well. I've heard some of their other albums. Some of those are a little bit more uneven, but this is definitely my favorite one that I've revisited quite often. I'd like to check them out. Cool. Up next. Woke up quick at about noon. Just thought that I had to be incompetent soon. I gotta get drunk before the day begins. Before my mother starts bitching about my friends. About to go and damn near went by. On the path, throwing up gang signs. I went in the house to get the clip with my Mac 10 on the side of my head. I bailed outside and I pointed my weapon. Just as I thought the fools kept stepping, I jumped in the flow, hit the juice of my ride. I got front and back, side to side. Then I let the Alphard play. I was pumping new shit by NWA It was gangsta gangster at the top of the list Then I played my own shit and went something like this Cruising down the street in my 6 Jocking the bitches, slapping the hoes I went to the park to get the scoop Knuckleheads out there, cold shoes Cardinals up, who can it be? The fresh show coming along, kilo that was That sounded a Hell of a lot like Weezer Rivers Cuomo. Uh, I can see that. I can see a little bit of that. The band is called Dynamite Hack. Hmm. Dynamite Hack, yeah. And the song, Boys in the Hood. Well, I I knew that. I knew the song, but I, I'm sitting here thinking. Uh-huh. Because it is a cover, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely a cover. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I knew Weezer just came out with a covers album, and I'm like, did they just get fucking random and cover that? <laughs> no, this, so. one, uh, this one's been out for a while. It's been out for a little while, hmm. quite a few years. But uh, but yeah, that was the only cover they, they have on the album. But uh, it's a pretty good album overall, honestly. But this is their, yeah, this is their uh, acoustic white boy cover. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. I want it. Give it to me. I love it. Give it to me, I love it. I love it. Give it to me. 
Or that one? No, but I feel like I should give it to her. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. That song is called The Scratch, and the band is Seven Year Bitch. Uh, (laughs) Well, they had a few albums out. Uh, That song itself is actually on the soundtrack to Mad Love, that Drew Barrymore movie that came out in the nineties. Um, but they had they had a few uh, they had a few good albums out. I actually saw them live. They were pretty good actually. I don't know what happened to them, but uh, but yeah, I uh, I really uh, I liked a lot of the, a lot of their stuff. Up next. <laughs> song is called twiddly d and that band is soul asylum huh what album was that on? Time. 1988 okay. okay it's a really good album it's actually one of my favorite albums of theirs uh they do a lot of experimental stuff and uh, that was definitely one of those uh little story about the soul asylum okay so i don't know if tuck sent me this photo the other day <laughs> <laughs> with a newspaper clipping that said Soul Asylum and Three Doors Down was coming to Tompkinsville. Did you did, did yeah. you get this as well? I I did. I did. <laughs> what did you think about it? Uh what now now did he did he send you uh there was a follow up to that where initially I thought, wow, both of those bands have kind of Falling way down the ladder. They probably sent you the picture I um, sent him, which was that it was actually it was Monroe County, but not Monroe County, Kentucky. It was Monroe County, yeah, Michigan. Yeah. yeah. So he had me believe it, and I think he believed it too. And I was like, "Well, damn, well, yeah. damn, what happened to Tville like that? Tompkinsville got big." Well, see, well, see what threw me off was when I seen how much tickets. I know. Were. I said the same thing. Thinking, I was like forty something bucks a Tville. Yeah, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, like, I, I'm just, I'm trying to connect the dots, and I'm like, either T-Ville got big, or both of those bands fell way down the ladder, and I'm, I don't know, I was being very skeptical about it, I, I thought it was I cool. did too, well, like, I, my, my thought was like, well, the, the tickets are so much, maybe they just have to pay these guys so much to come here, but I'm like, but yeah, yeah, yeah it was like, I was like, I was ready to go, man, I'm like, okay, I'll see you in August, man, I'll be there, man. I'm, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that yeah. out. <laughs> That's uh that's pretty crazy. Uh all right man, I got one more for you. (laughs) 
But I would agree. I think he's an all right guy too. All right guy. Um, That's right. Um, that is Todd Snyder. Okay, now I've heard Todd of Todd oh, Snyder. Yeah. You know, he's made a lot of albums. Like I really, I really yeah. haven't heard a lot of the a lot of the ones. Um, this is off of songs for the Daily Planet, and there's quite a few decent songs on this album. Um, but he's made a lot more albums since then. He was always one that I knew kind of straddled a lot of different genres uh when it comes to to his uh, music uh did you ever hear the one where he's making fun of grunge maybe his, his, i know i've heard some of his stuff before. well he used to be on bob and tom he did like a, a b double r double o beer run some kind of beer run song he used to do some yeah. funny stuff on on uh on bob and tom but like i said he, he kind of does a little bit of everything here's a little sample of that uh the one he always making fun of grunge though it's it's fantastic hey hey my my rock and roll will never die just hang your hair down in your ass you make a million dollars in this band going nowhere fast we sent out demos but everybody passed so one day we finally took the Lunge, moved out to Seattle to play some grunge, Washington State, that in Space Needle, Eddie Better, Mud Nunny. Got to fit in fast, we wear flannel shirts, we turn our amps up until it hurts, we got bad attitudes, and what's more, when we play, we stare straight down at the floor while we pretty scary how pensive how totally alternative now to fit in on the seattle scene you gotta do something they ain't never seen so thinking up a gimmick one day we decided to be the only band that wouldn't play and note under any circumstances silence music's original alternative Anyway, that's good stuff. Yeah. I think I think he's coming to Nashville soon. Oh, actually, he well he if, lives if, in, he he lives in East Nashville. And you you say he wrote Beer Run? Not the not the Garth Brooks Beer Run, but yes, he he yeah. Um, let me see if I can find it here. <laughs> B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. 
double E double R U N Piran. All we need is a ten and a five or a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N A couple of frat guys from Abilene drove out all night to see Robert Earl Keane at the K-Pig Swine and Soiree Dance. They wore baseball caps and khaki pants. They wanted cigarettes, so to save a little money, they bumped one off this hippie that smelled kind of funny. And the next thing they knew, they was both really hungry and pretty thirsty, too. B-double-E-double-R-U-N-B-R-E-N. Was that the one you were thinking of? I, w- I was thinking of... <laughs> Brooks one, but I'm I'm kind of trying to have an epiphany here because I've heard this guy, but I'm thinking like um, a coworker of mine is going to go see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, either way, um, neither here nor yeah. there. Uh, good good edition of uh, Mike's bites, always eclectic as uh, <laughs> as always. So yeah. try to spread it um, out there. Yeah. So, have you got anything else this week? I don't, man. That's it. Kind of, uh, kind of a slow week for news and not, not much going on. For sure. Um, well, I uh, don't have anything else either. So, I guess until next time, boys and girls, we uh, shall catch you later. Absolutely. Take care. All right. Take care, everybody. Right. Peace.